0: I'm James Brierton in Charlotte. The severe weather season is just around the corner, and the National Weather Service wants to help you become part of the team. They're holding storm spotter trainings all across the region. These are free classes open to the general public. No previous knowledge needed that will train you how to send them verified storm reports. And they'll help the National Weather Service issue warnings, conduct storm surveys, and find out what's happening street level in your community. Places where sometimes they won't otherwise be able to see with a radar beam that is slicing the atmosphere well above your roofline. Joining us now from the National Weather Service in Columbia is meteorologist Chris Landolfi. Chris, thanks for joining us here in the Carolina Weather Group. No problem, James. Thanks for having me. So you guys are in the midst of a campaign to get the public involved in storm spotter training. We're going to be talking more about those opportunities coming up in March, but let's start at the 30,000 foot view. What is the storm spotter program? Yeah, great question. Um, our Storm Spotter program is
1: essentially s- trying to supplement the information that we get out uh, fr- into our office. So um, we're approaching our typical severe weather season here in the Carolinas. So, what we're trying to do is we're trying to train just your average everyday citizens um, to be able to report and submit their reports uh, to our office for any severe weather. So this program's been going on since the 1970s. May 26,
0: 1976, a massive storm system is moving into North Texas from the Southwest, Dallas. 3.15 p.m., tornado spotters are out in radio communication with the National Weather Service in Fort Worth. Here, reports from spotters are checked against radar reports from Stephenville. Radar is tracking the storm. 3.30 p.m. A spotter west of Dallas reports a large wall cloud at the southwest edge of the storm. 3.45. Tornado sighted, moving east towards Dallas. The warning goes out. While radar is indispensable, it does not always indicate a tornado. Trained spotters can.
1: Um, and since then the National Weather Service has trained over a quarter million of uh, these storm spotters and they are invaluable to our reports uh, we really couldn't couldn't give out the
0: warnings with the amount of detail uh, without them I'm looking forward to being retrained I did one of these programs several years ago and what I remember from that program is a wealth of knowledge but also the stressing of you're not You're not training storm chasers, but you want people to be able to relay reports that are coming to them. Is that right?
1: Right. Exactly. So um, obviously with severe weather, potential severe weather, the biggest thing that we want to stress is safety. So we go over that, um, how you can submit reports uh, from the safety of your own home or if you are out and about um, during some severe weather, how you can report it to us, but also remaining safe because we Obviously, the last thing we want is to put additional people in harm's way.
0: Chris, you get reports from storm spotters in all walks of life. Some of them are really nerdy. They might come in via ham radio, but the Internet has really opened up the gamut for folks to submit these storm reports. How do trained spotters get their observations to you at your office or any other National Weather Service office?
1: Yeah, so I guess if you asked that question probably like 10 or so years ago, the answer would be there's a lot coming in through ham radio. But nowadays, really, the majority of our reports do come through social media. Um, Exactly right (laughs) through the phone. So uh, it's it's a lot easier. You know, we are. In severe weather situations, we are flooded with, with reports. Um, it's a lot easier for us to vet those reports if we know, if we have you on a list as a storm spotter, because then we know you had the training, you know what to report, and we can trust this report because you've had that training. So um, that's why even even though, you know, you might think, oh, well, I could, I could report to you anyway even if I'm not a storm spotter, that's absolutely true. Um, but it does make it easier on our end because we receive those ports reports and then we can tell, okay, this is definitely a reliable report.
0: What would the world be like from your vantage point if you didn't have any of these reports coming in? So, um, without any storm spotter reports, our
1: view of our area would be at radar height, which the radar, uh, the beam, as it moves away from our office, um, which our office is located at the Columbia Airport, as it moves away, it goes higher and higher. So, pretty much, we would have, you know, a view of, you know, hundreds to a couple thousand feet in the air um but with those storm spotter reports we get a more in-depth view of what's happening below with the radar sampling so that's why we need it because we are very limited um to you know people want to know what's going on at the ground they don't really want to necessarily know
0: what's going on above their heads so I'm smiling nodding. I'm in Mecklenburg County. I'm within the city of Charlotte limits which fall to your colleagues at Greenville Spartanburg in in Greer there. But you guys are just down the road for me where you have the little peninsula of Lancaster County that pops up and I'm sure you have the same problem that Greer has in the Charlotte radar beam height. And I can think back to those times where there has almost been a call to action. Storm spotters in the area if you see anything let us know so you can get the warnings out. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So especially in areas where there is kind of a significant radar gap, like you were saying, the Charlotte area is probably one of the most more famous uh, zones just because there's so many people living in that area. And yeah, we, we deal with that. On a daily basis, like you were saying, with um, with the the little finger of uh, Lancaster County, most of that uh, falls to Greer, but we got lucky and have the uh, the little panhandle sticking out. So yeah, we, we deal with that all the time. So especially in a populated area like Charlotte, um, it, it's very helpful when you can get reports because we know we know people are out there and we know people are watching the weather. So.
0: The program is broken up into three tiers, as I understand it, three different classes that people might be able to attend, some hybrid classes. Can you let people know what those tiers are and help them determine which one might be appropriate for them?
1: Yeah, so um, here at the Columbia office, uh, we manage our spotter uh, program by breaking it up into three different classes. We have our basic class, which is where we're really going to go over just kind of the structure of the National Weather Service and the very basics of storm spotting and and how and what to report uh, to our office. Then once we get into our advanced class, um, we're gonna get into a little bit more of the uh, meteorology. But again, you really don't require any knowledge beyond that basic class, um, but we will get into kind of the a bit of the hows and whys uh, behind severe weather, um, and then we have our advanced uh, radar interpretation class. In that class, what we do is we try to teach you how to read um, radar, uh, not just reflectivity, which most people are used to, you know, seeing how hard it's going to rain, but also um, velocity where you can kind of interpret whether we're going to have damaging winds or possibly tornadoes um, and and kind of give you an idea, you know, maybe if we issue a warning, you could know what to expect uh, once that storm comes towards you.
0: That radar class is new since the last time I participated in the training aspect of the program. And I speculated, you can let me know if I'm right or wrong. Did this come about with so many people now having radar scope and other apps on their phones? Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that, that is
1: definitely par- partially the motivation behind starting this class. Now radar, like really good, really high quality radar data is available to the general public. So um, it's a lot easier for us to kind of go out and be like, okay, let's train everyone on how to use this data. Because if, if you don't necessarily have a great idea, you might be very confused looking at,
0: you know, your radar
1: scopes or, or other apps like that
0: could even just make you safer in your own house to know what you're looking at on the, on those radar apps. The basic class, is there anything people should have as a prereq before they get there? Or is this really for anyone?
1: The basic class, we really gear that to the general public. So you don't have to have any knowledge of the weather at all. Um, we, we really try to make that like it is. A basic class, um, and uh, if you want to build your knowledge, we recommend the basic class to go to the advanced classes. But really, there's there's no prerequisites
0: for that basic class. Well, we hope people will take the opportunities coming up. There are several that your office is hosting. There are several that your neighboring offices are hosting. We'll have them all linked. We're happy uh, to be hosting and, and doing a call to action here at the Carolina Weather Group for Friday, March the 26th, 6.30 at night, a basic class that you all will be putting on. And we will be there, and we're inviting our, our listeners and our viewers to come out and join us here at the Carolina Weather Group as we refresh our basic storm spotter training. But Chris, tell us a little bit about these opportunities coming up in March that people can hop on.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Let me get my schedule up here. But um, we have three opportunities, well, four opportunities, um, besides, you know, including yours uh, in the month of March. Um, uh, We have March 1st, March 16th and March 22nd. Um, now the one on the first is going to be from one to 3 PM. The one on the 16th is going to be from two to four. And the one on the 22nd is going to be from seven to nine. And then like the one that you said that you're hosting um, towards the end of the month. Um, but all those are going to be basic classes. So again, no Uh, prerequisite knowledge is required to attend any of those classes Um, and even if you don't live in the uh, National Weather Service Columbia um, area we can still accept you uh, into our class uh, and then we can get you in contact with um, the office that you live uh, near and they can get you on their list as a train spotter so again you don't have to live in our area Um, we welcome people from all across the Carolinas, all across the country, uh, to um, become a a storm spotter.
0: Yeah, I think my initial training was in the Peachtree City office in Georgia, and it transfers, and looking forward to getting the refresher from from you guys. Anything else that I didn't ask that you want to make sure we include, Chris?
1: Probably the most important thing is... There's no knowledge required to start uh, the, the storm, the basic class. Um, and uh, we'll take anyone, anyone and everyone who wants to sign up.
0: Chris, thanks so much for your time. We hope to see you, our loyal Carolina weather group audience for basic storm spotter training with the national weather service office in Columbia and the Carolina weather group coming up Friday, March the 26th at 6:30 at night. There is a link to sign up for that class and, and any of the other classes that are happening in the description of this episode. We hope that you will check those out. Again, these are free, open to the public. No previous knowledge is needed, but you will need to register ahead of time. And we hope you will do that, and we hope to see you there. I'm James Briarton in Charlotte, and this is the Carolina Weather Group.